What is Santa's favorite candy? A Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 109, where we are going to have a fun, lighthearted conversation about all things related to Christmas. And I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth, in case you didn't know that by now. <laughs> but first, we're going to catch up and talk about all the things I've been doing lately. Even though it is December, our leaves have just now fallen off of the trees. <laughs> Meaning there is a lot of leaves all over our yard. So, we did the next best thing, raked them all up into a giant pile and played in them and made a huge mess. But my kids and I had a really fun time. Once we were done playing around in leaves, then I took about 70% of them and put them in our garden beds to act as compost. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm supposed to do with them. <laughs> I did leave a lot of the leaves in the yard, that way they could still break down and provide nutrients and fertilizer for the grass. That's my hope, I'm not the expert here. Not, not even a little bit of an expert. <laughs> I'm literally just guessing, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. I know the worst thing to do is rake them all up out of your yard and put them into the street for the little street sweeper to come by and suck them all up. I was like, no, they, they need to stay here in the yard, I know that much. As we were goofing off in the leaves, I observed that the gigantic tree in our front yard is a Bradford pear tree. This I know. If you don't know what a Bradford pear tree is, it's a very common like ornamental tree that they do in housing subdivisions and development areas. I guess because it's cheap. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure why, but it's the tree that in the springtime has a lot of very beautiful white flowers, but it smells like fish or like rotting cheese. That's what it smells like in the springtime. And then in the fall, it will produce these itty bitty little tiny fruits. Almost looks like a crab apple, but it's a brown, green, dark greenish brown pear type thing, but it's just a very small little thing. It's not exactly a desirable fruit, <laughs> one that would be cultivated and harvested year after year. But when I took my foraging class a few weeks ago, I guess it was two months ago, on there I learned that you can harvest the fruits from those trees. And this is the time of the year to do it. And I thought to myself, yeah, this would be very easy for me to go around and collect all of these because they're still on the tree, but they're very easy to pull off. So I think it's, I think they're ripe. I'm not really sure. But I was thinking, yeah, I could go around, I could collect all of these and I could make jelly, make like a nice little fruit spread for my toast in the morning. So I started collecting them and gathering them. I got about five. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, before I go through all the effort to pick all of these and clean them and wash them, pull the stems off, I don't know if there's a core in the middle. I don't know if I'm supposed to peel the skin off of it. I have no idea, but I was going to start looking up and researching it. And then I thought I should probably just try this and make sure I even like it. So I did. I took a bite out of the Bradford pear and guess what? It's awful. I spit it out immediately. It's nothing at all like a pear. It's very tannic. It dries out your entire mouth and then you just want to spit it out. And then you just keep spitting because you can't get that taste out of your mouth. <laughs> so no. Did not forage, which would have been easy right there in my front yard. Didn't do it. Didn't waste my time and efforts. Didn't figure it out. Just decided right then and there, this tastes horrid and I'm not going to put in the time and effort into this. Ugh. So if you have been brave enough to forage the Bradford pear fruits and you turn them into jelly or anything else and it turned out wonderful, 
great, fantastic for you. Feel free to share your experiences. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe you have to cook it to get rid of that awful taste and make it miraculously taste better. I don't know, but <laughs> feel free to reach out and, and educate me. I'm asking for information and you can do that a couple of ways. You can email me. I think that's the easiest. And my email address is Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N at startingsustainability.com. You can also join the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability. We also have an Instagram, Starting Sustainability. There's lots of different ways that you can reach out and get a hold of me and share your experiences and share your information. And while we're on it, I also want to encourage everybody who is a part of the Facebook group to continue to share your stories, whether they were successful or a failure. If you have questions, if you're not sure about something, if you did something for the first time and you're really proud and you wanna share it to everybody, great, go for it. I feel like the Facebook group at one point was very interactive and it's kind of slowing down and I would like for the conversation to keep going and to start back up again. So I encourage you, if you're trying a vegan meal at home, share it. If you're reusing jars at home, share that. Whatever it is that you're doing. If you're getting shampoo bars for the first time, just be excited and let everybody else know because we're all excited for you and we're really happy to see that stuff. You could even show everybody your sustainable Christmas list if you've got a couple of items that you want to get. Then put it out there and then that way others can put it on their list too. Speaking of Christmas, that's what we are here for today to discuss all sustainable things related to this time of year, the holiday Christmas season. Yay! Because it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm so excited for this episode. I remember the first year that I did this podcast and I went through Christmas, I was kind of struggling because I was still learning about it. And then last year was a challenge because of all the COVID stuff. So a lot of the things didn't even apply. <laughs> it was kind of hard to get into the Christmas mood last year when you weren't allowed to see anybody and you felt weird touching things and then giving them to somebody else. And so now this year, it really feels like Christmas is back, at least in my world, it feels like it's back as relatively as normal as possible. <laughs> so I am extra excited about Christmas this year. Even my husband's excited about Christmas. He never is excited about Christmas. He, never, we've been together for 10 years. He's never been excited about it. I'm always the one to do the decorations and put the tree up and stuff. And this year he was excited to put the tree up and put the lights on, the lights it didn't work. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I think this year is a little bit more positive and hopeful. So it's just another thing to be excited and happy about and to look forward to. Like I said, we're gonna try to cover any and all things related to Christmas, and I think the very first thing to discuss would be the tree. Should you do a real tree or an artificial tree? We did go into this a lot last year and did a whole lot more dissecting and scientific information and carbon footprint tracing and all of that stuff, but basically here's the gist of it in case you missed it last year. It really depends on your family and your needs. If you can afford a real tree every year, then great. However, I completely understand that real trees come with pine needles that fall and get stuck in the carpet. It comes with vines and bugs. You have to water it regularly because if you forget, then it gets dried out and it can catch on fire from the lights hanging on it. Also, sap gets everywhere. <laughs> but you can compost it after Christmas and it will return to the earth. 
fake trees are nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They are nice because they are a whole lot less work. And in my opinion, they help you financially because after Christmas, you can get them dirt cheap and then you just keep the same tree year after year after year. And if you have a pine allergy, then fake trees are great. However, fake trees will eventually end up in the landfill and then they will stay there for about 500 plus years. So the conclusion is, if you already have an artificial tree, just keep it as long as you possibly can. And when it starts looking pretty sad and pretty run down, then repurpose it either into a Christmas wreath or you can cut the branches and make pine bows for decoration. Whether you want to decorate inside your house or outside your house, just keep utilizing it as much as possible. There are so many pros and cons to each side of the debate on whether you want a real or an artificial tree. What do I have? Because I know that's really important to everybody. <laughs> I have an artificial tree. I got it from my parents. They had the artificial tree. They are older now and in their older years with arthritis and bad back and bad knees, they didn't want a monkey with putting a big gigantic tree up and down. They'd have to, they stored it down in the basement. So they'd have to go down the stairs, get it, bring it, lug it upstairs, assemble it, decorate it. It was tall. It was a lot of work. So they handed it off to me and my family and they went and got another artificial tree. They're not on the sustainable journey like I am, but <laughs> that doesn't matter. They got a smaller one that works better for them and they just plan to keep that one as long as possible. The next thing is decorations. So if you already have decorations, great. Keep reusing them year after year. If you need some decorations, then instead of just going out and buying a whole bunch of decorations that are cheap, made of plastic, going to break, you can make some zero waste decor. And I have some suggestions for you. The first one I think is a classic. It's been around a very long time. Pop a bag of popcorn and string it up. Make your own garland. I'll be honest, that can be very tedious. <laughs> I've done that before and there's like a technique to it because if you don't put the needle through the popcorn just right, the whole popcorn kernel breaks off and it's literally just used that one year. Like you can't save it. You'll have to keep doing it year after year. So I get that. But another option that I like if you have a food dehydrator, you can take apples and oranges and you can slice them so that way they're big giant circles. Not slicing it like a wedge, but slicing it so they're big giant coins. Slice them that way, put them in the dehydrator and dry them out. And then you can string that up for garland. They will last a little bit longer. Your house smells absolutely wonderful. And it's much faster compared to each individual popcorn kernel trying to string that up for the tree. If you have kids, you can get them involved and you can do a bunch of kids crafts or you can just do them for yourself. You don't have to have kids. I like doing crafts even before I had kids. <laughs> but you can make salt dough ornaments. It's a very simple recipe. It's literally just flour and salt and water. I mean, look up a more specific recipe than that. But it's dough, like a Play-Doh. And you can roll it around, smash it out. You can turn it into different shapes. You can do a dog paw print or your kid's hand print. Lots of different things that you can do. If it's the first year in your house, you can do an imprint of the key. A lot of people will do that. There are many different options on what you can do for a salt dough ornament. When you're done crafting them, then you bake them in the oven until they dry out. And then you can paint them or whatever you want at that point in time and hang them up on the tree. Another idea that I really liked, I... I picked this out for our friends giving and it just didn't come to fruition because I didn't have the right supplies, but you can make a peanut wreath. You can get a piece of wire. I used wire coat hanger, which was too thick. So get thinner wire than a coat hanger and you literally take peanuts still in their shells. So shelled peanuts and you just 
poke the wire through it and form a wreath, form a circle. And you can hang those up on the Christmas tree or you can hang them up outside and just feed the squirrels. My plan was to attempt that again when we're on Christmas break to entertain the kids, hang it up on our tree for decoration. When Christmas is done, then we'll move it outside. That way the squirrels and birds have something to eat. And then the last idea that I have for zero waste decorations is literally just go outside and forage your decorations. Cut some small pine branches and collect some pine cones. You can paint the pine cones. I've done a thing where I bleached them. I made a bleach water mixture and put a whole bunch of pine cones in there and let it soak for a day. Pull them out, bake them in the oven. They are a golden, like a very beautiful golden color. And then you can tie a string on them and hang them up. You can add all sorts of decor. You can do all sorts of different pine cone crafts. I think the next big topic for decoration would be lights. <laughs> Christmas lights are pretty popular. If you already have lights, great. Keep them as long as possible. Keep reusing them year after year. And then when you're in a position where you need to buy new lights because they went out and you can't figure out which bulb it is or whatever the case may be, <laughs> I know some people will have issues with outdoor lights with rabbits or squirrels or whatever chewing on the lights and eating them up and eating through the cord. So if you do have to buy new lights, then go for the LED lights because they are more energy efficient. Also, it would be great if you could remember, and I'm guilty of this, to turn off the lights during the day and before you go to bed. We just, you know, we want them on to look at them, but they really don't have to be on 24 hours a day. And if you have a terrible memory like me, then you can get an auto timer and that will help take care of it. And your electric bill will go down and you'll have more money to spare for presents. If you have a wreath or garland that you hang up on your door around your banisters, if it's fake, same message. Keep it as long as possible. Reuse it as much as you can. And if it's real, then we're going to talk about what to do with that. Same thing with your tree. Different ways that you can compost them or return them to the earth. Just don't place it in the trash at the end of the season because everybody thinks, oh, it'll just break down in the landfill and it won't. Landfills are not designed to compost and break down. They're just designed to bury trash. And so due to a whole lot of things like lack of sunlight, lack of oxygen, lack of the microbial bacteria that break it down, that's not going to happen at the landfill. So don't put them in the trash. We're going to talk about that later. And the last major decoration I wanted to hit up on was the stockings. Keep the same ones year after year. I know that you can get super cheap disposable ones. And I know a lot of people that do that. They buy a new stocking every year. And I don't understand why. I cannot wrap my brain around this. But I just want you to know that... In my opinion, it's worth spending a little bit extra money to get a better quality stocking that will last longer. I've had the same stocking since childhood and I'm currently 35. I'm pretty sure I got it right when I was born. So that sucker is 35 years old and it is still going strong. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I recommend. Buying a good quality stocking and just keeping it and preserving it. You can also make your own stocking. That's an option too, actually. If you have some leftover fabric or materials, go to town, make one up. When you make it yourself and gift it to somebody, whether it's your partner or your child or your pet, there's definitely a lot more meaning. You can use an old pair of jeans or an old bed sheet set, an old t-shirt or an ugly Christmas sweater that got a hole in it. There's lots of different things that you can do. And we at the Etsy shop can also offer that service. Reach out to myself or to Amanda and let us know that that is something you would like. You can send us fabric and request a specialty item like a stocking to be made and we can do that for you. The next very important thing to talk about in terms of Christmas and holiday celebrations is food. <laughs> I think that's the center of most celebrations. 
I want to encourage you to plan ahead for your celebrations and use real plates, cutlery, glasses, utensils, cloth napkins, if you're the one hosting. If you're not the one hosting, then you kind of got to go with the flow of whatever the host is doing. But you can also ask or plan on bringing your own real items instead of the disposable stuff. Also, if you're hosting and it's going to be a huge get together, like my family is around 40 people when we get together. It's not really realistic at that point in time to have real (laughs) plates and cutlery and glasses and everything because you're going to need like five dishwashers just to wash all that stuff. Then the next best option is to go for compostable items. Holiday meals do tend to be very heavy in meat and dairy items. So if you are bringing an item to a potluck, then switch your focus to non-meat and dairy items, like a vegan or at least plant-based dish. Another way to be sustainable is to make it from scratch because homemade items help reduce waste and get your ingredients by supporting local farms. And if you're bringing something to drink, then support local vineyards and breweries. All of these actions will help reduce your carbon footprint. I'd like to add in a little tip here. If you're going to be baking something from scratch, then bake extras. This way you can package them up in case you need a last minute gift. (laughs) Listen in next week on more last minute gift ideas. And don't forget to bring your Tupperware to the holiday party. That way you have something to package leftovers and to take home. It helps reduce food waste and you don't have to cook the next day either. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of leftovers. We talked about the tree, decorations, and food, but really truly the holiday season is about giving. Not just the presents you are giving to other people, but giving back to the community. Volunteer at places like a food pantry, homeless shelter, soup kitchens, find a way to donate. And it's your choice of whether you want to donate time, money, or other items. There are many churches and organizations and they will have donation drives. This time of year, there are so many toy drives, <laughs> which is great if you're a parent who has kids. Of course, parents have kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a whole lot of toys everywhere all the time. Unfortunately, at least around my neck of the woods, so many toy drives only allow brand new toys. They will not take any pre-loved toys. But that doesn't mean that you can't give them away. You can. You just won't be able to go through an organization or a drive. You'll just have to do it independently. Look around at your friends, family, neighbors, even Facebook Marketplace is personally my favorite outlet, but you can find somebody somewhere who will be happy to receive those items. Not just toys, all items. You could even donate to secondhand shops like Goodwill or Salvation Army. They will still take any and everything pre-loved because pre-loved items are still completely functional and somebody can use them. Somebody needs them somewhere. And those organizations, the secondhand shops, they have outlets as well. So if they can't sell it in their shop, they have other organizations and outlets that they can donate them to. They are very efficient at finding a new home for pre-loved items. Keep in mind, Christmas can bring a lot of new toys, clothes, and household items. So during the break between Christmas and New Year's, if you're hanging out at home, take that time to go through all of the things in your house, especially all the old ones that all these new items are now replacing, and donate those items. Please do not just kick them to the curb. Find some way to donate them. There are 300,000 items in the average American home. We do not need that much stuff. This is now your chance to clean up the clutter while giving new life to your stuff and making somebody else who's less fortunate very happy. 
even though I totally still support my saying of giving back to the community is really what Christmas is all about, we still give gifts during the holidays. So if you're going to be giving a gift to anybody, which the chances are pretty high that you will be, here are some tips to help with sustainability for both the environment and your wallet. Number one, reduce the amount of gifts that you need to purchase. And you can do this by drawing names for an exchange instead of buying for every single person. This is going to save you from going into debt. And it's also going to reduce consumerism, packaging, wrapping, and waste. Number two, and this one is my favorite, save gifts that you won't use, don't need, or don't like and re-gift them. Yes, I am an avid re-gifter. I also encourage you to save the bags and tissue paper from the gifts that you receive (laughs) and use those as part of the re-gifting process. My tip to you is be sure to keep track of who gave you these items because it does not look very good when you gift them back to the original person. So make sure you are re-gifting them to somebody else. Ideally, at least in my world, I most commonly use re-gifts for office secret Santa, church groups, in-laws, school personnel, really anybody can benefit from them. Number three, if there is a monetary limit for a gift, I interpret that as the value. So for example, if you have a $50 limit on a gift, then I can come up with a gift that holds a $50 value. So let's say I'm going through the store and I find an item and it's on clearance or I had a coupon and maybe I only spent 20 bucks, (laughs) but it was originally 50 bucks. That's still a qualifying gift just be sure to remove the clearance sticker (laughs) and get a gift receipt without the real price on it. And if it is a re-gift and it values at 50 bucks, that also still counts. Number four, secondhand gifts are perfectly okay. You can find some really nice items at secondhand shops and a lot of times they'll still have the tags on them too. Number five, if you do want to get a new item as a gift, then support local farmers for honey, cheeses, canned or pickled items. You can find local artists. They're great for home decor, unique clothing, ornaments, or jewelry items. You can even find woodworkers who can make a really nice wooden bowl or decorative furniture, even wooden puzzles for the kids or unique signs for around the house. Where do you find these people in these items? Well, my trick is to go to a craft fair. (laughs) You can go to a Christmas craft fair, a Christmas festival, or a holiday bazaar. You can even go to Etsy. These places all have a lot of handmade items that are beautifully crafted. You can also check out our own Etsy shop at Start Sustainable. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Number six, consider activities as a gift, like going to the movies, a concert, a comedy club, axe throwing, painting class, cooking class, museum, or the zoo. There's a lot of, lot of options when it comes to activities. These all count as a gift as well. Super sustainable, (laughs) basically zero waste. And number seven, the last one, if you need to buy something brand new, then support a sustainable company and get quality sustainable gifts. Once you have collected all of your gifts, whether you shopped for them or you made them yourself, you now have to wrap them. In every holiday season, about 4 million tons of gift wrap and decorations end up in the U.S. landfill. Here are some alternative ways to reduce the waste. First up, save the gift bags in gift boxes and use them again the following year. Even though they are meant to be thrown away, they are still in nice condition and you can use them again. If there was a spot with your name written on it, just cover it up with a sticker and write the gift receiver's name on it. 
I have some bags to this day that have about eight to 10 stickers on them all stacked up on top of each other. And when I see that, I think, yeah, like that's awesome. Like I got a lot of use out of this bag. This bag has a lot of life left. That's how many bags, eight to 10 bags that did not go to the landfill because I kept reusing this bag. My second tip is to get actual reusable gift bags. These are bags designed to be reused over and over. And you don't have to do fancy special Christmas cloth gift bags. You can use reusable grocery bags, old tote bags, purses. Get creative. You can go to Goodwill or other thrift stores and find a whole bunch of bags that can also be used to put a gift in. These places will also have a ton of tins, like at least the ones here in my town, a ton of those Christmas tins that come out and baskets, like real traditional woven baskets that you can put a gift in and wrap up. There's so many options to choose from. You can also find reusable gift boxes, not the real flimsy crummy boxes that you get when you buy clothing um, at a store and they gift wrap it for you, but like really nice, sturdy, decorative boxes. You can use these for Christmas and all gift giving occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever the case may be. You can get some really nice decorated boxes that you use over and over. Depending on how zero waste you want to go or how creative you are, there are a ton of things just lying around your house that you can also use to wrap up a gift. You can take a chip bag, your potato chip bag, flip it inside out, wipe off the little greasy parts. You got a really shiny, beautiful bag and you can just tie it up with a piece of string. You can take an old t-shirt and use that to wrap up a gift. Or if your gift is the t-shirt, you can use that to wrap up a second gift <laughs> and do that. Gather up your newspapers, magazines, even the bamboo toilet paper delivery services like Who Gives a Crap and Real, they have decorative tissue paper that wraps each roll and you can save those. All of these will work as beautiful wrapping paper. When you go to the store and you get an item and they ask, do you want paper or plastic? You can get those brown paper bags and save them. And you can use those to wrap up your gift. And if it's got your store's logo or markings on it, that's fine. You can just cut it so that it lays flat, like cut it open, lay it flat, flip it over. So have the logo wrapping facing the gift. So that way when you wrap it, the plain side of the bag is on the outside. And then this turns out to be a great crafting activity, either for yourselves or for your children. You can give them some crayons and markers or colored pencils or rubber stamps and paint and just let them decorate it. It's literally making your own wrapping paper. You can use jars to wrap up gifts. Save your old food jars. Every time you have spaghetti and you use a pre-made sauce jar that you bought from the store, save that jar. Salsa jars, peanut butter tubs, all of those count. Save them <laughs> and you can use those. You can put gifts in there. And then you can even just wrap up the jar itself instead of wrapping it all up like the jar serves as a container. But now you can put a lace doily around it or tie some ribbon around it. And it's still a very beautiful way to present your gift. And the last one that I could think of off the top of my head, I'm sure there's hundreds more around your house, pillowcases. I use all of our old pillowcases, especially the ones that like lost their mate. <laughs> I will use those. When I go out and about in the springtime, and there's garage sales all over the place. I will definitely hunt down pillowcases there as well. And you can get these from thrift stores too. And these are usually significantly cheaper than the disposable paper gift bags. And you just put your item in there and tie it up with a string or a ribbon. Voila. Depending on how you wrapped up your gift, a gift tag may or may not be appropriate. 
So if you used a paper type item like the brown paper bag or newspaper, then I just take a pen or a marker and just write straight on the gift to and from instead of getting a special little tag or a sticker tag. But if you have a lot of cloth based items, which majority of our items here in my household, we're using a cloth gift bag of some type, then writing on the fabric doesn't quite work. <laughs> so this year I need to make up my own reusable gift tags because last year I had a bunch of the disposable stickers gift tags that were are left over <laughs> from previous years. And so now I think I've used them all up and I'm at a point where I need to make gift tags that will be designed to be reused year after year. And when you're wrapping up your gift or adding on the gift tag, try not to use tape because that is a plastic, but you could use string or ribbon instead. I've even had to use safety pins sometimes depending on whatever the cloth is that I'm using to wrap the gift. <laughs> but for those who have a limited dexterity, so safety pins might not work or if you have kids and you know they're gonna stab themselves with it, rubber bands are also a really great way to wrap gifts. Just fold it up with the cloth and snap the rubber band right around it. I've even used hair ties that have stretched out and wouldn't stay in my hair anymore. These hair ties, rubber bands, these are excellent for cloth especially if you have your item in like a glass jar or a bottle you can just pull the cloth up right on top and then tie it up the way that you would tie a ponytail in regards to the gifts that you receive just say thank you don't nitpick or correct them about being zero waste and how they are wasteful don't say any of that just say thank you for the gift and then you can now save the gift bag and the tissue paper and those can be reused the following year or if it came wrapped in wrapping paper which Wrapping paper usually cannot be recycled, but you can take it and save it and use it as kindling for your next backyard fire. And what do you do once Christmas is over? What do you do with that Christmas tree now? The real tree, <laughs> because the artificial tree is going to get packaged back up and put either in the garage or the basement or the attic or whatever and saved for the next year to be reused. But if it's a real tree, it's not gonna make it. So what can you do with it? There are a couple of different options for you. The first one is to fight coastal erosion. So if you live near the beach, ocean, or lake, check your area for programs who will take your Christmas trees. Another option is to rebuild the sand dunes. There are several states, including Texas, New Jersey, North Carolina, and Michigan, who will take the trees and use them to shore up the sand dunes. Another option is to restore habitats, fallen trees, are placed in waterways or on public lands to create shelter for wildlife. These programs exist in Oregon, California, Kentucky, and Indiana. One of my favorite options is to feed the goats. <laughs> Reach out to your petting zoos or your local farms and goat grazing programs will accept Christmas trees to feed their herds. So just check your local area. And the last, which I think is the most common, is mulching. Many cities offer curbside pickup or drop-offs and the trees are sent through a wood chipper and used in the local parks and playgrounds. So this is for your trees, your wreaths, or your garland. Only the real ones, though, not the artificial ones. There you have it, my friends. That pretty much covers just about everything in regards to the holiday season and how to be as sustainable as possible. I'm sure I forgot something somewhere. <laughs> but if I did, just let me know and I can share it on the next episode or share it to the Facebook group so that way everybody else can see it too. And now it's time for the weekly challenge. Let me open up my tin box here and draw a card. It says, if you're able to, plant your own herbs. They're easy to maintain and provide you with locally grown flavor. I think it's a little bit chilly this time of the year. However, I know there are many window box herb sets 
that you can get, or kits, I should say, that you can get where you can grow them inside just using your windowsill. So that's definitely an option. I think this time of year is perfect because it's the baking season and cooking everything from scratch. And fresh herbs really do add significantly much more flavor to your food versus the dried herbs. So if that is something you're able to do, that's your challenge for this week. Next week on the show, it's the week before Christmas and all through the house, we are frantically searching for last minute zero waste gifts. <laughs> so come back to learn the tips and tricks for coming up with some zero waste gift ideas. Until then, continue to stay sustainable, stay holly and jolly, have a wonderful holiday season, and I'll see you all next week. Bye. There are so many wonderful people doing amazing things around the globe. If you want to hear more about what we're doing down under, jump on over to Unbook Your Shopping Cart, a podcast who speaks to companies who have the eco thing down pat with some simple tips and hints on how you or your workplace can make small changes that can add up to a whole lot. Together, we can start a movement and make this planet a whole lot greener.